Hey folks, welcome to episode 141 of the Becoming Human podcast. This week's guest features Stefan Strach, a brown belt under Nathan Orchard and Phil Schwartz from 10th Planet Portland in 10th Planet Seattle. Stefan is the owner of Chakra Coffee, where he slings some very unique blends of coffee, including one of my favorites, which has like turmeric in it, some ginger, a little bit of honey, grass-fed butter, a little bit of coconut oil. Oh, it's so good. Additionally, he's a personal trainer massage ther- and a massage therapist. In this episode, we got to talk about his stories of traveling abroad and working as head of security on a foreign island, growing your comfort zone through confronting discomfort, and Stefan's process of creating chakra coffee from the, the wild blends to just what it's like starting your own business. Uh, you can check out Chakra Coffee's website at wearechakra.com and on Instagram at Chakra Coffee. You can also find Stefan's page on bodywork and conditioning on Instagram at the.jujitsu.therapist. Um, you can find all the links to that in the show notes, including the links to his girlfriend's restaurant in Portland, Oregon, which is Tito's Kitchen. Um, they make like delicious Peruvian sandwiches. Uh, and before we start the episode, I'd like to talk a little bit about our sponsor, which is the Waking Up app by Sam Harris. If you are plagued by existential angst, maybe reaching your midlife, quarter life crisis, as politics got you all spun around, well, maybe it's not the outside world. Maybe in hellfire and chaos and very intimidating environment, wherever you happen to find yourself in, maybe you can find resolve within. <laughs> and apps like the Waking Up app can introduce you to concepts of mindfulness. And the thing I love about mindfulness, it's almost like being able to watch a storm pass. As the rain clouds come and drench the landscape, you're able to observe and watch the chaos of it all without having to hide from it, without having to try to keep it there and to make sure that it never leaves. You can watch the snow fall the thunder roar, the lightning strike, and you can just be there for it all. I love it because awareness and attention is something that's a persistent skill that we utilize in everyday life. An example is trying to count your breaths or trying to count your heart rate if to try to count your heart rate 60 times without letting your attention stray is really challenging for young and old it's wild how this little thing is something we utilize everywhere and it's the opportunity to be able to enrich your life because the only thing that's really finite within our lives is the time that we have And the more we um, increase our awareness, the more of that time we're able to witness. 
end of the episode, I'm going to play you out with a song by uh, East Forest and Ram Dass and Trevor Hall called Mind Karma. If you want to find out more about um, Stefan's coffee business, Chakra Coffee, you can find them at Chakra.com and Instagram at Chakra Coffee. And you can also find him as at on Instagram with his body works stuff at the dot jujitsu dot therapist. Without any further ado, here's Stefan. I would run to work in like shorts, short sleeve shirt and stuff like that to the school. And it was like, it was nice because the kids that I worked with emotionally, behaviorally delayed children, like, I have a really hard time bearing the burden of responsibility mm. and, and like um, pushing themselves a little, right? Yeah. Um, but they're very like strong individuals, you know, emotionally and stuff. And the buses would come in too, though. And I didn't realize that until like, you know, a few months of working there. And they're like, oh, yeah. That's the guy that I see who's running in there. Uh-huh. And then we start running together and, and stuff. And we run around the loop and it has like some sense of meaning. Like, well, why mm. would you run? It's like, well, this, if I put out this sense of effort, I feel good. Mm. And that was what I was trying to teach them is that relationship between like, you know, the effort and reward, right. Mm-hmm. And how it can be something intrinsic. Like someone could withhold a reward from you, but if you were to go running, right. Or if you were to go jumping, you know, and like push ups, right? You work into, you only can do one push up, but you mm-hmm. want to get to 20. No one's going to withhold that from you. Mm-hmm. Only it takes your effort to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was the running. I'm like runners high, like all these things. Yes. I even tell the, the high schoolers, it's like, you know, the, you have like drug problems and stuff like that. It's like, well, you know, it's one way to feel really good. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do really hard sprints. Mm-hmm. And when you stop, like, oh my God, man. I mean, that that's a big thing with jujitsu. Mm, dude, yeah. dude, you're going for an extremely long time. You almost die 35 times. And afterwards, you're like, you know what? Not feeling so bad now. Yeah. Oh, I had just so many near death experiences. <gasps> dude, and in the morning time, often we like to. We call it the morning douse, mm-hmm. where we'll take a five-gallon bucket of water and put it out with the juices from the night before mm-hmm. and fill it up. Sometimes there's ice in it. Sometimes it just it gets extremely cold. And you wake up, get as buck naked as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and you go out there. And we, we've developed a whole different array, a whole set of ways to douse. And you just slowly pour that ice water over your head. And it is one of the most uncomfortable feelings that you will feel for the day and after that um the rest is just easy you're like yo i'm naked right now Mm -hmm. i'm in my backyard and my pee pee is extremely small yeah and you're like this sucks and then the rest of your day you're like hell yeah it can't get better than that or it's only gonna get better than this absolutely absolutely and and that's kind of what i was trying what i've learned is is that like you you have like a tolerance and a baseline right Mm. and like what you Mm. can tolerate is not fixed and your baseline is not fixed Mm. but your baseline will move to what you do on the average I used to have this thing when I would work in the restaurant industry I'd work at night and I would like oh if I sleep and sat around I would conserve all my energy Mm. 
And I realized mm. like that's not necessarily how that works. If I were to go and expend more energy, then my capacity for energy increases mm. to a point. Yes. And then, but did you eventually hit a wall where you're like, okay, I'm dead? <laughs> I hit a wall where it was like, I have no ways of making money, gotcha. but I have all these really exciting ways to play in my body and to run and climb and all these other things. And it's like, I have to provide for myself mm. in that way. I have mm -hmm. to go out and do some form of work. And I don't mean even, even if you strip it away from the world, even if we're like, I have, I grow, I have cows and I have, you know, food. If you produce mm. it yourself, that's still the reality. Mm -hmm. You got to take care of yourself and then you have to take care of resource acquisition, mm -hmm. right? It's like, and that's something that I see as a dynamic. I even learned in self-care where um, you shave a lot. Like mm. if, you know, if you have your facial hair, right, as, as, a, as some guys have facial hair. And, and you have a very powerful mustache now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's for lack of trying because <laughs> what I found out is I'm like, I got really into, you know, um, like my sexuality when I was younger and it was like moving through relationships constantly. Mm -hmm. um, you were born at a very young age. And I realized that <laughs> yeah. I wanted to worry about my own self and not be so fixated on, mm. on, on, um, on that. Mm -hmm. And so I'd let everything go, the hair and the, the facial hair and all those things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look at me not, you know, being like into myself. Right. Mm. And then mm, I realized mm. that as this grows, you, if you don't comb it and you don't brush your hair, your hair starts like it gets harder to brush. It kind of hurts, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and your, even your beard, if I'm doing jujitsu, like it's like steel wool mm. scratching against your face. So I have to oil my beard uh -huh. and I'm like, Oh, self-care, like physical self-care is not just for beauty and beauty is okay too. Yeah. It's a balance, man. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a lot to realize that because, yeah. So self-care, this is a tremendous topic for mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. And being able to have, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are familiar with the concept of yin and yang. And so you have your self-care, you have your one side where you're like, yo, I got to do difficult shit. That's taking care of yourself. Mm. But if you only do difficult shit all the time, then you find yourself charged up and it's that fight or flight. Mm. So uh, I've been doing a lot of body work for a very long time. And so people will come through and they'll just be just so many shoulder problems, their back hurts. They're, they're just dying because they're just redlining mm. on a consistent basis. And it's funny because being in the United States, we glorify redlining. But we don't talk about that other side. I remember I was like 20, 20 when I went to massage school. And my first job during massage school was I went to go work at a spa. Mm -hmm. And it's here in the, it's called Everett House Healing Center. Co-ed clothing optional spot. And I remember my mind at that time was like, a spa, that's gay. And I'm like, nah, dude. Hell no. I was a 20-year-old. I'm like, dude, no. Super feminine. Can't do that. And I went over to the spa and then just soaked in a hot tub, cold plunge tub, little sensory deprivation tank, saunas, steam rooms. And afterwards, I'm like, if this is gay and feminine, I'm like, then this is amazing. I love yeah. this, dude. I was just detoxing everything. I'm just dancing mm. around. I'm like, dude, this is my job. Yeah. So, and then when people will come in, they're like, man, I'm stressed out. And I'm like, that's cool, dude. Go back there and chill yeah. the hell out. And people will come out transformed and they'd be like, oh my God, I feel so good. I'm like, I know you feel so good. And it just helped 
being along the path of being like, yo, you're stressed out. How can we change this, change the concept of what stress even is? Because it doesn't even have to be negative. But when we find ourselves being, quote unquote, stressed out for a long time, then, dude, our relationships bend and break. We get so much cortisol. People get a bunch of belly fat. Because of all the cortisol that we're storing, mm -hmm. people are like, I'm working out so hard, but I got all this belly fat. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, maybe you should take a deep breath every now and then. Yeah. So having the, the combination between being like, you know what, I'm going to train super hard for jujitsu right now, but I'm also going to relax super hard. Mm -hmm. And I find that one of the most difficult things is taking a switch out of that, boom, okay, time to ramp it up, or boom, time to chill it out. Do, what, what do you do to ramp it up and what do you ever do to chill it out? I usually try to focus on um, either breath work mm. or like like fast, more fast breathing, you know, and um, to ramp up to ramp up. Yeah. yeah. And then to chill it out more like slower, drawn out breathing and focusing more on like a meditation. Nice. The, the, do, you, do you have a real quick? Do you have a style of meditation to where you're like, ooh, the yeah. style? Well, usually I try to do uh, I've been following the waking up app with sam harris okay. um but before that i was just doing uh, was it i think it's the present state awareness where you're trying to follow your 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 breath right and focus on that and then if you get carried away by thoughts reconvene back to your breath mm. and then just keep following breathe that harder yeah really <gasps> yeah really so that in. would be the the begin the beginning that would be going into trying to ramp myself up and i found that through through yoga which is doing like i think they i forget what the kind of breath it's like the breath of fire and yeah. it's where you you tense oh, your yes. core yes, and yes, you, yes, you yes, start yes. trying to shoot through yeah <laughs> yeah yes yes yeah, yes, yeah, yes, like yes, yeah. yeah exactly yeah, do that for oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, oh, uh, uh, yes, yeah yes and yeah. like and and that's where I find that your breath is your rudder right mm, and I find that okay. even through running is okay. one thing when I don't feel really well like my stomach will turn south and it's like it's a sensation uh. of discomfort and I'm like food water food water mm. and it's still there. Right. And jostling hurts more, mm -hmm. but I've learned to be present. And if I'm breathing calmly, I can continue to move, maybe reduce my pace. Mm, right. Cause maybe mm, I need to go mm, slower. Mm. Um, Cause it's harder to focus on my pace and stuff. Yeah. Um, even if, or even a walk. And then I breathe and just try to be calm. Mm -hmm. And that's really helped me. Do you ever in your mind physically tell your body to be calm? No. Or do you just breathe it through and then it will naturally happen? Breathe it through. What about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. Yeah. One time uh, I was with one of my homies and um, we we like to do these things that we called suffer sessions. Mm -hmm. And we would just find ways to just suffer. And because and this is the concept of chakra coffee cart, which will the whole brand will get into it at some yeah. point. But it is consciously pushing through difficult shit can we cuss on this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, shit, 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 shit. Fuck. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. It's constantly pushing through difficult shit. And then on the other side, you're like, you know what? Not only do I feel better, but I'm stronger. I'm more educated. I have so much more wisdom. It's this leveling up. If we were Mario, it's like taking a mushroom and be like, boop, 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 boop. Mm -hmm. And so we would, okay, cool. All right, suffer sessions. At this one time, we're like, all right, we're going to dig a hole in the backyard. Um, this is my good friend, Bam. And we dig a hole in the backyard, and 
he he had buried himself one time before and he buried himself face down oh, and that's wow. that's one style of doing it but we're like yo we're going to bury ourselves face up uh-huh and so we uh so I'm laying there I'm the first one to go and I lay in there and we dig it all out dig it all out um and he just starts piling on all of this dirt on top of my body and then I remember once it starts hitting your chest and you feel like okay all this dirt is really pushing on my chest right now mm-hmm. then your mind instinctually tells you um <laughs> this isn't smart. Mm-hmm. Like, do you panic a little? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Especially the pressure on the chest. There's mm-hmm. something about that to where anxiety really starts to kick up and it says, hey, yo, Steph, just letting you know you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. And so he keeps piling this on, keeps piling it on. Then he starts piling it on my face. Okay, well, now I'm at a point to where the pressure is pushing down on my chest and he can actually see the earth moving up off of my chest. Mm-hmm. And there's just a, and you have to then find a pocket of air. Mm. When you have so much dirt on your face and you're trying to find just a little bit of pocket of air, but when you breathe, all the dirt is then going up into your nose. And granted, these things are just for the sake of uh, becoming stronger individuals and having wisdom and shit like this. Mm-hmm. Also, fuckery. That's <laughs> that's very necessary. Yeah. Be like, yo, we're bored. Let's mm-hmm. bury ourselves in the backyard. Yeah. Being silly, yeah. Be silly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it flow. And I remember there's a point in my brain where you could simultaneously try to break out of here, but also know that, like, yo, stay down in here. Mm-hmm. Stay buried. Bury yourself alive. And there's a point where my brain was like, and this is like probably like seven minutes into it, my brain's like, yo, hey, dude, this is really scary right now, and I'm freaking out. And so I start to panic. I have a little good old-fashioned panic attack while I'm under this dirt. And and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to consciously tell my brain to calm down. Mm-hmm. And um, let me tell you, that is the worst decision for you to do. Don't do it, whatever you do, because your, your breath is panicking. I'm like, yo, I'm going to go to my breath. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to tell my brain to calm down. Yeah, you're going to push the panic away. Dude. And so you say, yo, calm down, brain. And your brain's like, wait, we need to be calm? There was a reason for us to panic? And then it goes into hyperdrive, and then it really starts panicking. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. What about when I was a kid? And you're like, I'm going to die in here. And then um, your brain just starts going crazy. Mm-hmm. Bring it back to your breath. I learned a very good lesson that day, which I wrote down in big letters. Do not tell your brain to calm down or it will fuck you up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. Oh, man. That's yes. awesome. It's a good learning lesson. Yeah, it is a good learning lesson. You, and you find that that's like what they talk about, very like giving space, right? Is like giving, get, being able to give space for the things that you feel. And like, that's not that, that pushing and the pulling, like, you know what I mean? Where it's mm. like, I really am going to get, I'm going to die here. I'm going to suffocate. Mm-hmm. Or like, I'm not going to suffocate. It's mm. like, oh, wow. Just noticing it. You, you feel a little bit tense right now. You feel a little anxious. Noticing you're it. You're going to die. Observing it. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most wise things to do and is way more easier said than done absolutely and, yeah but that's, when you're in it but that's the thing that i i find the most beautiful because you could take something like like as simple as, or not something you take something like jujitsu right yeah and you can give you give someone all the fundamentals you could just write it out give them a book or a dvd and they could watch it they could probably watch and observe all the fundamentals in like i don't know an hour 
two hours, right? Totally. And, and maybe even less than that. They can get to the point where they could tell you what they are. But how do you spend time doing one move, like trying to do an arm bar from guard, right? And just like one variation, or no, arm bar from guard, right? One move, if we're going to call that a move. And you realize that there's an infinite amount of ways to add variation to that move mm -hmm. for an infinite amount of reasons. And that is why someone could take something that is extremely simple and spend an entire lifetime working the infinite game. Totally. And that's like, and I find that beautiful because you find that like, okay, boredom, right? Boredom's a thing, but the, the standard concept of boredom is like, I have nothing to do. Mm, mm -hmm, you realize mm -hmm, that like, mm -hmm. that is not the kick. Cause there's so many things that are vying for your attention and you can focus on one thing. Um, mainly these like forms of recreation that I find are like this, like this whole process, not even recreation. Like what no, you're talking dude, about. I with love your this. I, I know. I love what you're saying. Keep your going. Whole life. And there's like, I can do that with a hundred things. I look around your house right now and I see, you know, painting, right? And like, you, you guys have like the, um, you got chocolate coffee, you got the um, a food truck. And what was the food truck's name? Again? Tita's Kitchen. And you got Tita's Kitchen. And it's like, any one of those things will provide you challenge for the rest of your life. Yeah, totally. And it's not the like, um, uh, you're in a, an assembly line doing the same thing. And the challenge is just get faster at that. No, there's like, a depth in a nuance. Like you could literally not know, well, you can't know everything mm -hmm. about something so damn simple. Mm -hmm. And that's like so simple as being able to focus on a thought and, and not necessarily not deviate from that, but be able to come back to the thought mm -hmm. without getting completely lost and sidetracked and acting on the sidetrack. Just doing that People do, still don't even, they get better at it, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. But nobody's, like, figured it out. Or there's very few people who would figure that out where they can never follow a sidetrack. Like, they can just follow their breath endlessly. And one thing for everyone out there to, like, just do a check-in is, is if you can count, um, if you can count your heartbeat for, for try five minutes. Mm. Mm. Just try to count your heart. How many, put your hand on your heart, and you count, the beats in your heart for five minutes and that's conscious everybody do that right now do it do it do it do it do it peer pressure yes 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 <laughs> excellent and the, yes. the find is what you find is is that we have our subconscious mind and our conscious mind the things work off of our autonomic nervous system mm -hmm. you drive to and from work sometimes you forget the drive Right? And, oh, what just happened? You realize you are actually not conscious through all your waking hours. Mm -hmm. And the attempt to count your heartbeats for five minutes shows you that actually being conscious is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And that is amazing to me. Dude, it takes a lot of energy. It does. Because yes. I can't do that. Like, yes. well, well, I mean, I would struggle and I have struggled doing that. Yeah. And I think that actually is, that's a, a really good point. We, I don't think that we are supposed to be locked in all the time. Mm -hmm into that mm. that specific level of consciousness. Yeah. Dude, there are so many levels of consciousness. Oh, we're about to open up yeah. some levels of consciousness. You're talking about different, okay, different paths to where jujitsu, um, this is the reason I like massage and body work so much too. Um, yoga, you say you're a yoga instructor? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dude, these things are so endless. It makes my mind hurt. Yeah, my brain yeah. is bleeding trying to conceive it. But it's 
well, one, one day you'll find that, okay, cool. I'm going to go up against, okay, I'm starting a business or I'm doing jujitsu or I'm doing yoga. And these layers will just start to be peeled back. And it's funny when you're, when you seek like this all the time, you want everyone to seek Mm -hmm. because you see so much truth in it. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, no shit. Of course I'm going to be doing yoga for an extremely long time or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, the thing that you really like to do. Cool. How can I now improve from that? Mm. So I like this podcast. I already know you're a seeker. All of the people, I see a lot of people in jujitsu mm-hmm. constantly trying to improve. Some people just enjoy it for what it just is. Mm. But I appreciate you guys being here because you guys are drilling the same concept into people's minds that I'm also trying to drill in is that, yo, you have your levels to where we normally think that we're at, but there is more mm-hmm. and there is more. Mm-hmm. And one time... I was at, uh, are you familiar with Vipassana meditation retreats? A, a little bit, yes. Yes, okay. So it's 10 days of imagine just doing nothing, mm. but not just doing nothing. Okay, so no phone, no eye contact, no physical touch. It is no, you can't do push-ups. You can't do, name something. Can you talk? You can't do that. You can't do anything. <laughs> absolutely nothing. I remember I, I went there. I was like, okay, yo, I brought jerky, two packages of jerky. And I'm like, hey, man, just letting you know, I brought some jerky. He's like, you got to throw it away. You can't have jerky here. And I'm like, but dude, I've never been my life without having meat. You can't have meat either. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he's like, you got to throw it away. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to that extreme. I'll put it in my car. So I didn't have any meat. But what I was saying is you go through this Vipassana experience to where you just have 10 days and they, they teach you these few different tips and tricks of focusing on your breath and focusing on your awareness and essentially covering your entire body in awareness. Mm-hmm. And they gave a really cool example. It says it's like you're in a dark room and it's been so dark for so long. And then somebody just turns on a little bit of a light. And you think, holy shit, that is so bright. Oh my gosh, that is bright. But that's just a little bit of light in a dark room. Then you, you, some people just stop there. This is actually what fucking pisses me off about rehabilitation exercises. Mm, When I tell people, I'm like, dude, do your rehabilitation exercises. And they're like, stuff. I don't have any pain anymore. I'm like, that's just part of it. That's only part of it. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. But tell you, okay. So that's that's a very um, that strikes a nerve. Yeah. You know, rehabilitation exercises. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Fuck. 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 But people, if you just stop there, you think the room is so bright. You're like, oh, this is the brightest it's ever been. Cool. Well, you can keep turning up the light, and you can keep turning up the light. And you will if you keep coming back for jujitsu, mm-hmm. keep showing up to class. Mm. And don't just show up on, on autopilot. Mm-hmm. You got to show up and you got to be like, cool. All right, how am I going to pass the professor's guard today? Or, man, I just don't want to get tapped. Or I'm just going to work on my triangle chokes. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, yeah. little variations. Because you have so much time to groove and work and groove and work these new pathways. So... Let's turn on the light, people. Yeah. Turn on that motherfucking light. And you'd be surprised at where it's at, too. Like Just turning mm-hmm. on any kind of light. It's the start. Yeah. Each person, and, and you were talking about this earlier with your kiddo. Mm-hmm. 
you're like, hey, as long as you're pursuing a path and you're pursuing it to the fullest, mm-hmm. whether it's baseball, jujitsu, art, whatever it is, yoga, it's that it's that continuous grooving and improving yeah. and grooving and improving to where we're not just sitting in a cubicle just dying. Mm-hmm. You can even sit in a cubicle and still be improving. Yeah. But there's a, a generalized concept that you're like, oh, man, this is it. Mm-hmm. My life is going to be destined to be like this. Mm. And that's some bullshit. That that is some bullshit. And each morning you wake up and you have a choice. And your body will tell you, oh, man, I'm about to go to work again. And you end up rationalizing. You're like, Mm. well, at least the money's good. Mm -hmm. And then that's what propels you throughout the rest of the day. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least the money's good. You hear that in your head and you're like, well, at least the money's good. If there's ever a voice in your head that just sounds stupid, mm-hmm. it's because it's telling you dumb shit. Yeah. If it ever says, like, I don't want to do that, that's because it's telling you dumb shit. Yeah. Do that. Oh, yeah. If uh, let's, let's, get, let's go through some more voices. That one, dumb let's voice. Quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, keep going. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Any whiny voice. Shout out to whiny voices. <laughs> Gotta love you sometimes. But any whiny voices, like, <laughs> and if ever does that, don't go for it. Yeah. Don't do it. Do you know what, 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 something that I'm curious about is that there's that, like, you have those voices in your head or you have these different perspectives, things vying for your attention and action. Yeah. What I found was is if you show up, right, for any of these, these there's certain things that that voice comes out and what i find mm, is is mm. like it doesn't really matter um what if i have success in overcoming the voice or if any of those things are like overcoming that resistance inside of my head it seems that every time i get volume i'm getting the reps is mm-hmm. like if i find it and it's an excuse like i believe like a trail running like something that you're whatever you're passionate about because it, it, it draws you in there for the love of the reward mm-hmm. is it is an excuse or framework to take you along that pathway to introduce that voice. Because mm-hmm. for running for mm-hmm. me, like mm-hmm. I don't, nice. it's different in jujitsu because it's like a social emotional thing for me and it's just personal. But yeah. like running, it's like, okay, here's uphill or flat. I don't want to work. I don't want to work hard like that. I feel physical. I'd say it's dysphoria, right? I feel dysphoria. Mm. And it's like running more is like uncomfortable. Legs feel like molasses, whatever these are. But I know if I do it, the end result is I feel good. Yeah. And yes, I will be able to run more and mm. I'll have like ener- I can create energy and I can create an energetic being for tomorrow Beautiful. if I show up. But what I found is, is through running, like there's trail running, there's trees. So what I've done to create, to improve my integrity and my understanding of what's lazy and, and what is a true signal that this is where I, what I need. Okay, yes, we're going to talk about this. Yes, Run like to the this. tree, like Will. This. Okay, it's like get, the incline's increasing, your body's getting tired, I can make it to that tree. Yes. And then I say, yes. I'm, gonna, I'm about to get to the tree, and something happens in my body that's telling me to stop or you can go ahead. Yes. And I do that maybe because there's many trees, and this is only for 15 feet. Because uphill, downhill, all this stuff, right? I probably do that like maybe 20 times. Mm-hmm. So if I do that 20 times, Dude, this is great. I get the volume and I be- get the familiarity of what's going on. I might not have been successful or, you know, correct, any of this shit. It wasn't perfect. But I've, I'm like becoming familiar with all these different perspectives and what it's like to be lazy, what it's like to, you know, ego, over ambition, mm-hmm. all that. And 
I could sit on the couch, I could read about it, and that'll help. But this experience, it's experiential. Uh, yes, intellectualizing it and then actually experiencing it and understanding it. Yeah, yeah I think those are both very important. Mm-hmm. Here's the other funny thing, too, is, you know, I'm talking about, okay, don't listen to the whiny voice, you know, push through it, push through it, push through it. There's also, once you've been pushing through things so much, this is actually a very big issue, especially in the jiu-jitsu community, mm-hmm. where we are very injured, mm-hmm. extremely injured. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I was in Kuwait, and it was at a jiu-jitsu competition, and competed, and in the absolute division, a big Nordic beefy man-child hit me with a horayagoshi, and then his elbow went down into my clavicle and popped that little motherfucker out. So I'm like, oh, God, okay. Or Allah, you know, I was in Kuwait, so for sure, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. And I was chilling with my friend at the time, and I had only told him I was going to be in Kuwait for a couple weeks. And, you know, like, yo, stick to my word. I only said I was going to be there for a couple weeks. Well, now things have changed a little bit because now my collarbone's looking at me Hmm. and I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, I'm a man, I'm strong, you know, I'm still going to stick with my word. So I'm like, Musab, I'm like, I'm going to go to Zimbabwe. Like my plan was, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go from Kuwait to Zimbabwe. And he's like, brother, Habibi, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am. I'm going to Zimbabwe. He's like, that is fucking stupid. (laughs) You are going to stay here. And I'm like, no. (laughs) <laughs> Musab, I love you. He's like, no, fuck you. Yeah. Stay here. And I'm like, God, oh, oh okay. okay. <laughs> He's like, Stefan, you can't even lift up your arm. And I'm like, I'll figure out a way. So there's also a time for us to, we have that, that, that image in our, in our mind to where we're like, I'm going to stick with my word. You know, I trained jujitsu. Mm-hmm. My ankle exploded. My arm exploded. My neck's messed up. And we're like, I'm going to push through this. Mm -hmm. That's also a dumb voice. (laughs) And there's, and so you can use it in good times. You can totally use that. Yin and yang too. Cause you get the, the, each of the color in the opposite sides. And that's where it's like, yeah. And you're like, bro, that is not smart. Mm -hmm. It is not. And so now I'm like at a level where, okay, I was in another competition. My ankle exploded. And then I went trail running after that. And then competed ADCC trials after that a week later. I'm like, that was so dumb. It was so stupid <laughs> in hindsight because I still have pain in that in that ankle. Mm-hmm. But these are these are under thing things for us to understand of longevity. Mm-hmm. If you just want to burn it out quick, then that's cool. Yeah. Burn it out quick. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Just know at least that you will have repercussions like this. And if you want to be doing this for an extremely long time, then also take a step back, observe yourself, and be like. Okay, can I push through this? Well, of course you can. Should I push through this? Maybe not. Maybe I should take a step to the side. Mm. Because a lot of things with people in jiu-jitsu, especially your combat sports, people that are really obsessed, um, they say, oh, well, that means that I'm taking a step back. Mm-hmm. That's frightening for people. They go, oh, shit, I'm taking a step back. No, then homie's going to start passing my guard. He's going to be better than me. Fuck that. Yeah. He's going to get a brown belt before I get a brown belt. <laughs> yeah. And so you're like, no. Think of it as a step to the side. Mm. You actually become stronger because life actually just hit you with some crazy shit. Take a step to the side for a second. Do your rehab exercises. Clearly, I'm very passionate yeah. about rehab exercises. Uh-huh. And then 
And then you're going to be back in it. And you're going to be so much stronger, wiser, and it will actually make your jujitsu, make your life that much better. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I that I find is such an interesting um, predicament because I'd find that it's fascinating. this is a hasty generalization and um, it's really all I got though for now. Let's throw it out. It's that like you, you grew up and you see people in sedentary lifestyle, like they're, you know, they're providing for their family or themselves and then they, they come home and they do whatever they, their concept of relaxation is. Mm-hmm. But often the case, it's like, it's not physically stimulating, right? It's not mentally stimulating. It's just like pleasure, you know, like instant gratification, yeah. entertainment. I like those things. I have those things too. Yeah. But like, that's like the the kind of the dynamic, go on vacation mm. and stuff like that. And like, you didn't mm. see that the physical aspect was like, or act, physical activity was like a part of that culture that I would see. And I'd see people, you know, on older age, like uh, walking with like a fixed spine and fixed hips and like, you know, pivoting and twisting on one leg to the other. They can't bend their knees. They can't touch the, they can't touch their feet and all those things. And like, I get afraid and I'm like, Oh, I need to fall. I want to fall in love with at least one thing physical so that it will um, provide a sense of meaning of health and self care. And then I do that and I get into martial jujitsu, right? Martial arts. And what I find was that the other thing is, is that that whole yin and yang, cause they're all within each other, you know? Um, that there's people who love this thing and they love it so much that this is really like they got, you only have so much time and like, you mm-hmm. know, more love, more yes. love. And then I'm like, yes, but then I see people who are hurt and like, and as they, people far into their career and like, or their experience of learning this, you know, martial arts and jujitsu or, you know, MMA, um, et cetera. And like just chronic injuries and yeah. the rehab, the, yeah. the, the, the attitude, um, towards like your self care, and being physically um, prepared and understanding your body's limitations and abilities and improving that, um, that was low on the rung because mm, jujitsu. Mm. They love jujitsu. They were very. They love their comforts and their identity of what they what they value. And so do the other people in the, that I've seen in this who are sedentary. They valued, you know, those things uh, that they did. Yes. And I was like, okay, so coming into this doesn't just inherently mean I'm going to have self care. I have to develop a prince, a set of ethos and a, a structure of priorities because if I prioritize being like ranking up in jujitsu, um, or if I prioritized in running, um, running a really fast hundred mile time mm, and mm-hmm. getting up to the hundred mile, that is going to be at the compromise. If that's my number one priority it has to be by that language, the compromise of my own self care. Like what you said, you uh, yeah, have the option yep, to yep, like yep, yep. think in the long term, yes. if you want to do this for a long time, or do you want to like, you know, achieve a lot, you know, maybe even achieve the most of your era and like really push and put it all on the line and know what you're, it's important to know what you're sacrificing. And I don't want to invalidate any of those lifestyles because mm-hmm. it's to each their own, to each their own experience. Yes. For me, I'm a long game kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so what I found was that, I had to I had to rethink those things and I've been trying to understand still like through learning about yoga and getting into like rock climbing and trail running these other sports and how people same thing I love to run but oh I don't want to do this mm-hmm. I love to do rock climbing yes. oh, I don't want to like do yes. that and I have yes. a friend yes. in rock climbing yes. he can't curl he can't curl his arm in because like he can climb but he can't curl because he's just rock climbs and he's like yeah, I've been I've been thinking about doing yoga, but I just love to go out climbing. And totally. I'm like, same problem, sedentary people and the people who love the sport, but just different context. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, what? It gave me more information, and I'm still trying to figure out how to address it because 
I realized that I'm not coming from this very well-educated place of like rehab's important, learning what your mobility is is important and mm-hmm. improving that. I'm actually coming from a very fear-based place mm. of the inability to use my body. Like I'm very mm-hmm. afraid of that. Mm-hmm. And because when I come into the, when I get like an injury, I'm like, ah, hyper-obsessed on the rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's helped me because I realized that that is something really important. Like mm-hmm. no matter what it is, if you have kids and you want to play with your grandchildren, if you do jujitsu, if you like are a chef, like you don't have to have all that, that pain in your lower back. Yes. You don't have to have bone, like spurs in your shoulder, like, you know, we just active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned something about um, rehabilitation. What's your relationship with like learning about um, the value of like rehab exercises? And what have you seen in like jujitsu and your friends? Oh, dude. Well, I will say that they are annoying often. Mm-hmm. And you're like, <laughs> damn. And you're like, oh, it's just very tedious. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, we all have a thing something like man i just want to read harry potter all day mm-hmm. or that cool just read harry potter all day but there's also some discipline to be done because if you just read harry potter all day well you're gonna get hungry you're gonna get thirsty these yeah. other things are gonna have to happen to where you have to i don't want to make a sandwich and you got to go make a sandwich you got to mm-hmm. do that if you want to read the harry potter all day you got to make a sandwich yeah. so this is a funny thing that i see with people in jujitsu often I'm going to use it as a reference because mm-hmm. I'm around them all the time. Okay, well, I really want to do jiu-jitsu today, but uh, it seems that my ankle isn't working properly. Then they have to be like, um, okay, uh, so my ankle isn't working. I'm going to go and figure out, oh, what's this yoga stuff? Oh, now this, yo- oh, what's this sensory deprivation floats? Oh, what's this? And it ends up creating this entire, oh, I'm going to do a little acupuncture. Oh, I know, no, if I eat three burgers right before and smoke a bunch of hookah, I will puke. I'm very familiar with that, actually. Yeah, it's very, yeah. <laughs> so much That's vomit. Funny. Yeah, it went everywhere. Oh, um, so Yeah, so anyway, great hookah sesh, though. But anyways, <laughs> you're like, um, okay, now I have to have a smoothie or I got to plan this better because you really want to do the jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You really want to read the Harry Potter. Yeah. You really got to do all these other things so you can make sure that you do that thing. Mm-hmm. This is cool. It also sometimes traps people. Um, mm. in a, in a thing that they don't really want to do. They say, yo, I got this job that I don't really want to do. And you think, okay, why are you doing that job? Well, the job provides me the money so then I can do this other thing that I do really want to do. Mm. Okay. Now here's the question. You have a job that you don't really want to do, but it's providing the, the funds of doing this thing that you do really want to do. How those aren't congruent with things that you really want to do. So how do we now make it congruent to where you're actually doing a job that you really want to do, and it also provides the funds for that thing that you really want to do? And then you go back to your house, and you really want to be at your house. And you've cleaned it out, and you like the people that you surround yourself with, Mm -hmm. but you hate the dogs that you're living with. Yeah, yeah. Shout out out to those (laughs) shitty little dogs. I love them. (laughs) Fucking peace. Anyways. And yeah, whatever, whatever. Uh, and so you have all these other things in your life besides yeah. those shitty little dogs that you're like, I love to do. The, I love yeah, to do yeah. all these things. Yeah. I love them. So being able to be, and this this is something that really impacted me a lot, is when you find yourself like, yeah, you know, I don't really like this one thing, but it really helps me do the other thing. Then, for example, if it is jujitsu and you know you should do yoga or some style of rehabilitation. 
um, then in, find ways of incorporating that into your jujitsu or yeah. into your body to where it actually feels amazing. Yeah. Do jujitsu movements in rehabilitation style form. So it's now incorporated in. Oh, you hate cool. warming up. You're like, I don't want to warm up. But you like dancing? Turn on some music. Yeah. Do some dancing. You now love warming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So being able to take this for all aspects of your life and really breaking down all the other things and not just being like, well, I work for Amazon because it pays a check. Mm -hmm. If you want to work for Amazon because you're like, yo, I love delivering these packages. Jeff Bezos is the shit. I want to support him. Hella. Then definitely do that. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. If you're like, you know what? Just because I'm getting a check, what else could I do? Oh, I love delivering. I'm go deliver some babies. I don't know. Deliver whatever it is that you want to deliver. Deliver drugs. Start selling drugs. Whatever it is. Start making things congruent in your life mm -hmm. with the other aspects that you then want to incorporate into. So coming back to rehabilitation, for example, you go, okay, jujitsu, there's a bunch of different ways. And if you ever have any questions or want to find any other ways to do this, I've been trying to come up with ways to convince people to do the rehabilitation for the past eight years, mm -hmm. 10 years. Um, and I, w I did find that one of the easiest ways to do this is doing things that we naturally already do. Hmm. So you say, hey, check it out. Your knee's in pain. I see that your knee's in pain. Um, but how much are you stretching? How much are you doing yoga? person says, stretching, yoga, that's stupid. Why would I, why would I do that? Um, mm -hmm. Man, I just want to do my jiu-jitsu. You've probably come up with... Have you ever had a conversation with this? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah absolutely. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and then you say, okay, right. So you say, look, you don't want to stretch, but what's that one thing that you do when you wake up in the morning time? What's that thing that you do? Uh, I don't know, I yawn. Okay, you yawn. And then what does your body instinctively do? I'm like, that thing that you already do is a stretch. You just did that. Yeah. Your body wants to do it because it's shaking off the sleep. It's, it's opening up. It's preparing your body mm -hmm. for the day. So do that exact same thing in your bed, but now do it for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And just start playing around, just moving. You were a kid once. You know how to do these things. And people say, okay, I can do that. Yeah. And so then, then you're like, oh, you can do that? And they're like, yeah, I can do that. I'm like, cool. Hit me back in a week. You do five minutes in the morning time once you just wake up and you do five minutes in the evening time when you're about to go to bed and you've now opened up this entire fossil layer. Mm. Okay. You have to then trick people to be like, you like doing this. You're already doing this and it's easy. Yeah. And people are like, I can do easy. Hmm. I'm already doing, I can already do that. And then you start saying, okay, now we're going to build from there. You've already did your bed yoga in the morning time. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to just, you know, do this little calf raise and then move your ankle to the side like that. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. It's also super easy. Then it gets so easy for them that they get frustrated. Hmm. Then they're like, yo, Steph, the fuck, dude, you only gave me that one exercise and now I want more. Oh, you want more? Oh, okay. You create that tension. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want more, huh? Oh, the bed yoga was not enough. Mm -hmm. So then 
then you start building up, adding more rehabilitation mm-hmm. exercises. And then you've actually linked something in their brain too, to where they're like, oh, I like doing this because this is easy. And now that you've been doing it so easy for a few weeks, you start to see results. Mm-hmm. And then once you see results, then you're like, yo, I see results. My knee feels better. Everything's starting to feel more better. Mm-hmm. I look more attractive getting more likes yeah. on my Instagram photos. Everybody's like, this is dope. And then they keep building it up and keep building it up. For, for an intri- they're intrinsically motivated to do so. Yes, yeah. yes. It's kind of like what you were saying. You say, hey, look, I'm just going to run to this nearby tree. That's all you had to do. You could have quit after that. That's mm-hmm. fine. You yeah. just That was your goal. You just achieved it. Mm-hmm. So that's your waking up and doing the bed yoga to where you're like, Oh, she's gonna do this for two minutes. Yeah, you've already done it. You can go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. You can go do whatever it else is you want to do after that. And that, I think that's the most important thing: is baby steps. Make yeah. it fun. Make your entire life congruent with all the things that you naturally love to do, because mm-hmm. it's achievable. Yeah. I mean, your presence here. You show up. You say, "Hey, look, I like talking with people." You you have a message that you like putting out. Mm-hmm. And it's then making, slowly making all of these other things congruent with your life, with the jujitsu that you love to do, mm-hmm. with the yoga that you love to do. Yeah. You're building this freedom in your life. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful to yeah. see. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. And that's what I would imagine even when you like start your business, right? Like it's, it can be really daunting and overwhelming by all the things that you have to do. And what I see often is the case is the thing that you really, you really notice very well, like very, very well. Which is when people set out to do most things, they they over overextend themselves, mm. and then they quickly don't get the reward because it's all about that like that hit, like oh, the, yeah. of the accomplishment of like the small and the size is irrelevant. It's the, you know what I mean, work and then accomplishment. And if you can like, I realized that in uh, ultra in running, it taught me how to be goal orientated in that way or understand the process of setting my aim. Right. And where it's like every week I have to um, set my mileage. And if you want to run like a 50 miler, right, you start with five miles a week. Are you doing this, by the way? You're running. Yeah. Yeah. That's intense. Not this year. Last year I was doing it and the year before that and stuff. And like the furthest that I've ever ran was 47 miles. I think I ran around. I circumnavigated St. Helens. But I was. That, um, all right. Yeah, it was fun. And, <clears throat> yeah, and it was like sure. it was cool because I was running with sure was like fun. 70, 60 year olds and stuff like that. It was crazy, man. But um, you find that like this, so that right there, I you could say that to anybody. Hey, do you want to like the concept of running fifty miles or let's say a hundred miles? Hundred right. miles is fun. Yeah, like the 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 concept of that. It's like oh, oh what? It's daunting. And it's like you got most things give you three days to do it, or, or two days. So you have like you know, two days to run a hundred miles, you can hike quickly. You find that if you want to be able to make these races, you can just move at like four to five miles or four to three miles per hour, three and a half miles per hour is usually the minimum. And that is, is hiking without stopping. You can, you make the cutoff for two days, 48 hours. Uh, yes. Yep. And so you wouldn't, it means you were not going to get sleep. So, totally. um, totally. but if you decide to, if you move a little bit quicker, you realize that even if you run just downhill, Dude, you, 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 over the length of the 100 miles, you have now reduced the amount of time to do that substantially. Yeah. How these start, though, is, is you have a 100-mile goal, right? You have a year to accomplish that, let's say, to, for the race to start. Yeah. And how it works is, is if you look out there, like look at for any of these training plans, it's like 
you have to establish a relative base, right? So maybe you can't run. You do the thing I talked about the trees, right? Or if it's even flat ground, you like run as much as you can, no yeah. one to quit, walk, run, walk, run. They have this thing where you do five miles and you add five miles every week mm -hmm. to your overall Beautiful. weekly Beautiful. mileage. And you're like, Beautiful. you only run the first five miles and it's, you can run five miles. Like you can get five miles done in a week. Yeah. And it's like, it, the whole point is, is to realize that you are more capable than this goal. Nice. Like, yes. you know what I mean? And yes. that's what I find with Beautiful. my, with even just children and stuff is that these things are intrinsically motivational when they realize they ran a 5k like, it's like, oh, I did that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you do the 100 miler, that's daunting. But you learn through the process of just, I recommend anyone trying to go for like, you know, even a marathon yeah. to do that. Because it gives you the, the understanding that you can do something that seems very unrealistic. And you can achieve that by small, these small steps. Beautiful. And Beautiful. yeah, it's it's cool like that. And like, I, I've, I've, it's cool because when I work with my son, it's an example to be able to take him through that process as well, mm -hmm. setting him up for success, you know, because I've taken him on some really rough backpacking trips when he was really young. Yes. I'd be like, I took him and his, um, Come on, child. In my, <laughs> in my, like, in my nephew on a 10 mile backpacking trip hmm. for two days. And I think he was four and my nephew was seven. Got or something you. like that. It yeah. Was just so you we, three? Yeah. It was just us three. Yeah, for sure. And then I, we went out for like, it was, we did, no, it was 14 miles. Cause we did seven miles that one day and then we went back to seven miles. And I was like, uh, so, okay. So, nah. so, uh, since then, has he ever been like, dad, I can't wait to go on a hiking trip? He, so what he would do is, like, ah, I don't want to go and we go out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, 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 and yeah. then he's like, this is fun. And then, ah, oh, this is uncomfortable. And this is yeah, fun. This yeah, is uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. And then I'd wrestle back and forth in my mind. Like, am I forcing my child to do something? Because I want him to be this thing that I imagine be a great thing to share with my son. Totally. And so I'm insecure, insecure, insecure. He's in first grade. He's, I talked to his teacher. He's like, I talked to him about the mountain. She's like, yeah, she, he just tells us of your caving trips, your backpacking trips and rock climbing. He just loves it out there. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And, and then I, he sent, oh, comes okay, home yes. and he comes home and he draws this picture. And anytime I'd ask him, Hey, let's go out like hiking. No. And he draws, he comes home and he draws this picture and it's of like, it's on St. Helens. And it's like, what does courage mean to you? And it's like my dad helping me up the mountain. And then he has like stick figures and it's like him and me. And he's like, dad, you got this. And since those, like he was five, he's eight now. So it's for the past, um, since he was six. So for the past two years, he, um, I have changed on that. I play video games with him. I've gone back into that. Cause I'm like electronics, like it's what he likes. I want to meet him on that level. Mm -hmm. And then I take him out to do my things too, but a little less mm -hmm. and a little less big things. And now this year was the longest backpacking trip we went on. I took my son, he was eight, um, another kid who was 12 and his dad, and then my girlfriend and then her son who's five. And we did three days, 20 miles. Got and it was like, you. but it was from along the coast. And there was one point it's, um, point A to so point to point. So we had one car where we started and another car where we stopped. Mm -hmm. You have to navigate tides to get through certain beaches that are like, the only way through is when the tide's low. You have to climb up clay embankment, embankments with ropes, climb up stairs, cut out into logs and all these other things. And, like, that was, his, like, the time of his life. He was he eight-year-old. Five miles without any shoes because his sandals broke and I had shoes for him, like, to wear. Uh -huh. But he didn't want to, like, shoes off Gnarly. in the sand and yeah. shoes on in the trail, even though I didn't care. 
if they were on in the sand, he wanted to feel the sand. He's like, I'll just do barefoot, Dad. Yeah. And he does barefoot, and that was the time. Other times he's had good times. That was the highlight of our my life with him, and not because he was backpacking with me, because of what happened. This yeah. this adult with his 12-year-old son, they don't hike very much, and this was like, this is a pretty serious trail, and I didn't really... Yeah, I told him about it, and I told him it's going to be hard, but it was a lot harder than he thought in terms of, like, climbing up these embankments and yes. carrying these three-day, like, backpacking gear with three days on his back and lowering 150 feet off of, like, a really steep clay embankment, you know? And um, my son was like, hey, you, you got this. You can do it. And, like, was cheering them on and stuff through the low points. And throughout the whole thing, it was just like, my son and I were having a good time. Mm -hmm. We're like laughing and joking and stuff. And like, it's something we'll remember for the, the rest of our lives. And he looks back on that and he was like, that was the time he's like, dad, you think we could do the PCT? And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Are you sure, man? He's like, yeah. He's like, wait, are you gonna catch up? Come on, <laughs> come on, come on, dad, wait, 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 come on. <laughs> it's funny when it, it's a, it was almost a, a similar thing, but when I used to travel with my family, mm -hmm. After a long time of traveling around, I would tell my my teachers, though, I'd tell them the exact opposite. I'm like, yo, traveling with my family sucks. <laughs> and then as soon as I get to travel then by myself, and I'm like, I never want to travel. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, traveling's the best. So the fact that he actually likes going on these adventures now at this age, mm -hmm. he is an angelic child. Yeah, I yeah. swear to you. Yeah. You have birthed oh, an thanks, angel. thanks, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you contributed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I helped out. <laughs> and that's the cool thing is that I've just, like, when I saw that, one thing that we talked about it before the podcast and like having like expectations and like who your child is and kind of having that distance between who you think they are and who they really are. Mm. In that moment, I did everything that I could to be like, and he said the PCT, like not make any plans for the PCT, mm. not bring the PCT back up. Mm. And like, hey man, we we're out there for a really long time. We'll play some Minecraft together. Cause like, mm -hmm. that's his world. Mm -hmm. And that's just, just his on his own volition, right? right, right. And like, so being able to come, come, come and go from those things without like having any of this kind of pressure. And when we talk about hiking and never try to recall, remember that one day, mm -hmm. if he's like, I don't want to go, or I do want to go. Sometimes I make them sometimes most of the time I don't. And it's like, it's just who you are right now. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to create this identity of him and feed this narrative, which is a common thing that I've, that I've seen, even if he's like succeeding in school, right? When the COVID thing happened in last like spring with the lockdowns, it was like, you're in high, the highly capable program and you're doing all this. And it's like, you're not getting any of your work done. It's like, no, oh! but that's okay. it's like, you would hope that that doesn't happen. But if it is happening, it's happening. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Yeah. I still love him. Like, I don't love him because he achieves. I just love him. Mm -hmm. And you then know? you just happen to love him a little bit more when he yeah. does his first arm bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, I love you. Or yeah. whatever. All those years have paid off now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good uh, shit. Did you, so what, how'd you get into jujitsu? Oh, how did I get into, Okay. So getting into jiu-jitsu, I originally started jiu-jitsu when I was 15 years old. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, and so I'm now 17. <laughs> so, no, Man, you already yeah. got a beard. Dude, yeah, I'm getting old quick. Jiu-jitsu ages you. Yeah, it does. Uh, dude, so I was 15, and I remember I did sports for a long time. did soccer mainly. Mm -hmm. But then I started doing lacrosse for a couple of years in high school down in Eugene. And I remember... 
when I was doing soccer, I'm like, man, and Eugene, you know, the high school that I was at, I was like, all these, all this the varsity, they're just a bunch of assholes. Hmm. And the same thing with the lacrosse. I'm like, damn, everybody's just an asshole. I, I like, I like team sports. I like when everybody gets together as a group. Um, this is why I love quintet style jujitsu tournaments the most mm. is because you just get brothers together and you're all there fighting. Mm-hmm. It feels amazing. Yeah. Ooh, so, ooh. Sometimes I don't love competing by myself. So I'm like, ah, this is me competing by myself. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm a, a, on the peculiar crowd of people that I'm just like, if my brothers are doing it, I want to just be there with them and just fuck some people up. That sounds Aww. great. Yeah. But by myself, I'm like, I don't really want to be a at the top is top level. But when everybody gets together, I'm like, yo, I like that. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time I finished up with lacrosse and my mom says, How was the game? I said, Everybody's an asshole. <laughs> She's like, Oh, Okay, okay, Steph, I didn't really expect that one. I'm like, yeah, Mom, I'm not sure if I'm going to do lacrosse next year. Mm-hmm. And she ends up seeing this um, article in the newspaper about a local gym. And she's like, you know what, Steph, you want to try jiu-jitsu or something mm-hmm. like that? I said, all right, sure, sounds good. I was about 135 pounds, and I had this big Jufro, and I just kind of show up. I'm like, hey. I was a lanky motherfucker. I was just like, nah. He says, you know what? You're extremely lanky. You should do Muay Thai. You'd be really good at it. So I'm like punching some stuff. I'm like, dude, this is stupid. And then I hopped into jiu-jitsu and immediately loved it. Uh-huh. I'm like, ooh. It's like, ah. And the funniest thing, you know, actually, I can recall how jiu-jitsu got implanted into my brain at a very young age. Mm-hmm. But I didn't recall this, you know, until like a few years ago. I'm like, man, what was it that originally got me started on jiu-jitsu? I remember when I would act out, my mom, I remember one time she says, Yo, Steph, you got to go outside. You're acting like a complete little poop head. And I'm Hmm. like, you're a poop butt, butt, poop. And I kept calling her poop butt. Those are the words that I knew at this age. I was 25 at the time. (laughs) And I go outside and I'm, I'm like... You're a poop butt. And she's like, you know, it's cold out there. She finally comes out. She ends up holding me in mount position Mm -hmm. and holding my hands down. And I remember my little whatever age brain that I was, I'm being held down against my will. I'm like, what the fuck is this witchcraft and wizardry? I had no idea. I'm like, what? And I couldn't escape it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't oompa. I couldn't do any style of leg lock on her. And I had no idea. And then as I get into jujitsu, I realized, I'm like, yo, my mom held me down a long time ago. I just figured this out a couple years ago, by the way. And I'm like, and then instinctively, I'm like drawn to, whoa, you can actually hold down and control another person until they chilled out. Because what she did, she just held me down just like that. She didn't apply any Mm -hmm. real force or pressure, but just held me in that position. And I looked up at her, I'm like, you poop, butt, butt. And I was just letting it flow, just full rap style mm-hmm. of every combination of poop, every combination of butt. And finally, I just, oh, my shoulders dropped and I just was like, okay, I'll come mm-hmm. back in. I'll stop calling you a poop, but clearly you don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I then realized, and then as I started to do jujitsu over the years and then working with a security team and running it in Thailand, of knowing that when you hold a person down and they're freaking out, dude, they are. Mm. I remember I'm, I'm in, yeah. in Thailand 
This one Irish dude was like, oh, yeah, and he's just yelling at me. And I'm like, whoa, shit, I got to take this dude down. And I took him down. Just one of our routines that we did just flowed right into it. Took him down. I was like, yo, I told the other homies to create a 10-foot perimeter. They just did that. And I held him in pre-web in a supercharged arm bar. Mm -hmm. And I just held him right there. And he goes to grab his, his blah, blah, blah. he goes to grab his left um with his left hand was free and he goes to grab his flip-flop mm -hmm. and then other homie just comes up grabs his flip-flop throws it in the forest and then we just chilled there and it was just i'm like looking up into the clouds it was nighttime but i'm sure there are clouds mm -hmm. and i'm like damn this guy's really just he's so angry right now and he's in pre-web mm. he's in a supercharged armbar and we're in thailand and i'm like this is everything's gonna be okay and i told him i said Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I told him, I'm like, dude, you're going to be all right. You're, gonna, you're truly going to be fine. And he's like, fuck, yeah, you fuck. And on a Thursday on it. And then he like holds his, I start putting more pressure on his, on his elbow. He goes, ah, ah. And then, and then he started to relax again. And then when he started to go crazy again, I'd put more pressure on yeah. his elbow. And it went back and forth like this until I'm like, bro, you, you ready to relax right now? Is you okay? Mm -hmm. And it was at that point, uh, like the the people that own the bar like saw it and they're like, you can actually take a person out of a club, restrain them, hold them down, and have zero injury, zero casualties. Mm. People go to Thailand and they're like, yeah, I can throw a kick. Yeah, I can throw a head kick. And so all the other people, all the other security that they had had there before is just banging it out with a bunch oh. of tourists and just yeah. throwing, yeah. smashing, throwing haymakers. And they're like, uh, yo, Steph, do you want to run the security team and teach mm -hmm. him jiu-jitsu? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I would be honored. Mm -hmm. And I quite a few times, I'd be like, okay, this is just how you choke a person out. We would choke them out. They would fight. They would go unconscious. Mm -hmm. You probably can't do this in the United States, mm -hmm. but you could definitely do this yeah. in Thailand. <laughs> they would just go unconscious, and I'm like, cool. And I'm like, yo, set a perimeter. And then we just lift up their legs and grab them by the head and neck and then carry them out put them on the concrete and then just shake their legs mm -hmm. and just shake their legs. And they'd be, <clears throat> oh, holy shit. And you're like, Hey man, everything's good. It's mm. all good. And you just walk them out. You're like, let's go get you some water. <laughs> and it, every time it's like the peace and tranquility of taking somebody out of a club. It can just be so loving and just care. I'm like, Hey man, you're, you're clearly way too drunk. Mm. Like this just, just relax and we'll, we'll bring you on your way. Mm. So that's a long-winded story of starting jiu-jitsu and seeing where it came from and then realizing that you can actually put so much love into everything that you do. Mm -hmm. You need to take a person out of the club because they're acting a fool and they're threatening people, they're fighting people, punching people, whatever it is. You could just take them out and be like, yo, the smallest amount of effort. I mean, sometimes we had to throw motherfuckers. Yeah. But then once you're there, then you can like, oh. Mm -hmm. And then so gentle. And then you can just bring them out. I yeah. think it's, it's very beautiful. Uh, and I've always found that beauty in jujitsu. And so when, when I communicate this with other people, it can be very, you can crash, you can destroy, but you can also make it loving. Mm -hmm. I've found that with, you don't use jujitsu and you don't need jujitsu. And even you're not even allowed to use jujitsu in this context. But I found that with, but the, but the general things, the mental, things mm. and the the observational things from jiu-jitsu 
have helped me immensely in this context. But when I worked with emotionally behaviorally delayed children, that was very helpful because what you find is it's like you prompt ask them to do something and the response is it's like sometimes is I want to hurt you mm-hmm. or they're trying to hurt somebody else. And it's like good time, good time, good time. Boom, trying to swing or spit or claw. Mm-hmm. And what happens is is from some perspectives that's like you become a part of the chaos. You have the the sense of order is completely diminished. And then that inside of the people who are not the adults and the supervisors in this room, they are perturbed inside, right? They might be stressed and like, we just got to fix this. We just got to stop this. And you can tell that when there is a physical threat, there is this, there's this fear to be able to stop this aggression and remove the aggressor because and just an aggressor, if we just had an aggressor in the room, like that is an out of control situation. Mm-hmm. But when you apply not jujitsu, but you apply the level of confidence and understanding in your own abilities and being able to move your body in response to like countering an opponent or a person, you can have this confidence, you can have this, this internal locus of control mm. to where all this chaos is happening out here but you're able to have some semblance of order in here. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what like I found in these environments that it's like I was able to if someone needed to get put into a hold, which was not jujitsu related, but was what they taught us through their school system thing, so it's legal and safe and everything. But you would be putting them in a hold with, you know, having their forearms or whatever so they can't claw at you mm-hmm. and they can't bite you. And you like one person in particular would sit there with them. And they're in between, like, in front of me, and my legs are on the side to keep them there and from slouching down to upkick me in the head. Mm-hmm. And because this is something that I've practiced, this, the scramble, the back and forth with another, a human pushing and pulling and me trying to create some semblance of control, right, so I can do what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. this event keeping myself and others safe as opposed to getting a submission, right, um, I'm like, oh, I've been here. I go, yeah. I go here, nice. not in this context. I go here yes. at, at the gym for fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm here. This is okay. Yeah. It's all right. And this person like, has all this emotion, this anger, this hate, and this like wanting to hurt. And this person who had been laughing with maybe an hour before, mm-hmm. and I'm actually like close to, like as, like a, as a student-teacher relationship, right? And, like, and I feel for them. I bonded with them. But I am here knowing that I'm keeping myself safe, not because of how their behavior is, but because I've done things to ensure my safety and other people's Mm -hmm. that now there's a container for this all to happen, this thing I can't control and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And I can express in a very like um, teacher and platonic way in person to person way, love this person. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't say it, it hurts when you do and it's mean kind of, but like, Oh, like the, when you point it out, it's like, Oh, it's so much pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh you're really caught in it and that's i can be there because i'm not like oh, i hope they don't hurt me i'm like wow you're really paranoid yeah like, you might you know you're you're worried that people are doing bad things towards you and no matter what people say you're not realizing that that's not true yeah and you're caught again mm-hmm. and i can just look at them and i can be like no and i'm like just just breathe mm-hmm. and then i'm breathing all slow and stuff like that and that changes the whole environment in that way not sometimes substantially and sometimes subtly. And that's what it seems like there is like this. You can almost like with jujitsu doesn't always happen, but 
if looked at from a certain perspective, it's almost like a container for aggression. Because mm -hmm. aggression yeah. in and of itself nice. is not like aggressive energy is not bad. It's not inherently bad at all. It's a relationship to it. It's how we act out that aggression. Mm -hmm. And with jujitsu, like you can get to this level of control to take care of the people around you and make sure that they're safe mm -hmm. while acting out on your aggression or while keeping them safe because they can't control their aggression. They're not totally. controlling their aggression, yes. but you're able to keep them and everybody else safe so that now their aggression is not getting let loose and unleashed on everybody. Yes. And then at the end of the day, you're like, they're all sweating and stressed out and stuff and you and you stand up and you're like, glad you're feeling better. Yeah. And then yeah, they're exactly. like, oh. and it's like, you know what I mean? That, that yeah. like that, it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have yeah. to be like that. And yeah. I'm like speaking from like very, like people with very traumatic situations, you know, Definitely. like, and it's hard cause you can't have that, like not even with the IQ or emotional intelligence to have that conversation all you can do is through role modeling. Mm -hmm. And like for that instance, that person, like they're very paranoid, maybe schizophrenic, right? Mm -hmm. And like all I could do to calm her down sometimes was just breathe. If I breathe, she would breathe and she mm -hmm. would calm down. And there was no convincing this person one way or another, not for tomorrow, not for next week. But I just, all I had to do was- Lean by example. Yeah and, yeah, and also like learn how to be with that person in a positive and constructive way yes. when she's or he's in a good spot. Yes. And then when they're not, keep myself safe and other people safe and disassociate and contain the aggression. No, th that's a good point. And uh, as you say that, it, r it reminds me of growing up. My dad, he was in the military for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So his style of existence was very black and white. It was just it's there's no middle path. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we're talking about a lot of yin and yang and, oh, this balance between middle path that you and I are communicating, mm -hmm. it was not that. Mm -hmm. It's a yes or it's a no. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else in between. There's no yes and. There's no no and. And he expressed himself through a lot of yelling. Mm -hmm. And so when he would really like to make himself be heard, he would yell. And when you have somebody expressing that in your environment, you go, Oh, wow, you're really expressing that right now. Okay, got you. And then you have to find that that internal, like, okay, I'm just going to sit with this mm -hmm. while this person yells. Because you know that as soon as you start yelling back, then it's just, ah, bah, bah, dip, bah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, escalates. The fireworks, they explode. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful to watch. But it's also very catastrophic. Yeah, that's nice. I yes, like that. Yeah, very beautiful. Mm -hmm. You take a step back, you're like, wow. And so yeah. I would see that with my sister and my dad. They'd go, bah, 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 bah. And so then I'm like, okay, well, when my dad yells at me, I'm like, cool, let's just bring it on down. Mm -hmm. And even at a young age, as you get to see too, you get to see, oh, if you are the one that brings it down in and you go, mm, wow, I see this is really how you want to communicate with me right now. Mm -hmm. And you just stay like, boom, centered and down in it. Then after a while, they go, uh, you know, what? What, what was I yelling about? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, love you, son. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> like, All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds good, Dad. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Oh, why, why was I freaking out? I don't know. You're just schizophrenic. Yeah. Okay, got yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, thanks. You're doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's cool because that's, that's even beautiful because there's even times with this person, they'd be like, like just like just doing the craziest thing. Look at that baby. 
be over there walking next to the toilet. And it's like, we're walking outside on the sidewalk. And it's like, yeah, look at that baby. That's crazy. Uh, and like, you're uh, able to like laugh because the, the, the feeling, <laughs> the consequence right. of the observation is real. Oh, yeah. I don't need to know about any of that. And that's what it is too, is it's just like, you know, how can you be there in mm. that way? You know, and even that's interesting too, because with your like, with your dad's situation, there's this part where someone um, feels things and as a consequence of their feelings, they act these things out. Mm -hmm. the, the, maybe the, the yelling and the pressure and expectation. But like, there's a real way to burst that bubble and see through that wall and be like, "Hey, I know how you're feeling." Like, mm -hmm. there's and it's not mm -hmm. the there's a way to there's Without so being much condescending exactly because yeah. that's what I, I had with I was trying to teach the kids is like difficult, yeah, it, very <laughs> difficult lifetime of like lesson though, right? Yeah. And like. And, and that's what I, I think is beautiful when you have like challenging people in your lives, whether they're family or friends or a work situation, is it's an opportunity for you to figure out how to get your point across without escalating or creating fireworks mm, in that person. Mm -hmm. Because like, and like, or how to encourage them not to take it. That's, I don't like that without creating fireworks. Yeah. Like not yeah, to take yeah, it personally, yeah. but really it's the fireworks. It's yeah. like, I have it with my son. It's like, we need to fix this. Like you spilt something, right? I don't get upset when I spilt something. And he's just like, Oh, I don't want to do this. And it's mm. like, just, oh, I see that you really are having a hard time mm. cleaning it. Instead of like, dude, you need to do it. Like increasing the pressure. It's mm. like, oh, what's with mm -hmm. that, you know? Yes. It's funny. I saw, this is a, a tactic that just flowed pretty well after a long time. When we were in Thailand, um, running the squad of a, a bunch of different dudes all work in security from all different places around the world. And it's a bunch of dudes in Thailand doing security. Hmm. So they they all show up. They're like, I'm a dude. And I'm like, yeah, I recognize that. I'm also a dude. And when they would fuck up, I, I was like, okay, wh where can I go from this? Because usually men, when we're in a hardened state, it's because we've been beaten physically or uh, verbally. Um, ridiculed, all these things were like... <clears throat> it's a protective and a fear mechanism Yeah, very right? much yeah. so. And so I found that, okay, I'm like, what, am I going to yell at them? What, am I going to say they fucked up? Uh, it could be a strategy, definitely. But I would just say, I would just bring them over to the side, I'd put my hand on the shoulder, and I'd close proximity, and I'd look them in the eyes and I'd say, hey, man, I love you. Hmm. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> and it was a combination of being like, love? What? Love's feminine. Wait, but I respect Stefan. But wait, he, okay, he told me not to do something to get, but he loves me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then if they ever did it again, do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, I love you. Told you not to do that again. Don't do it again. Mm -hmm. And the maximum it ever took was two times. Mm -hmm. And they would never do it again. Because very often when people act out, they just want to be loved. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I just want, I'm, I'm yelling for your attention right now. I'm going to show up late because I'm a boss. I'm like, you're not the boss here. You can't show up late. <laughs> but I recognize you, and I recognize that you want to be noticed, and I love you. And they're like, uh, <laughs> damn it. Okay, well, he loves me. I guess I shouldn't be late anymore. <laughs> they're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and a long time ago, a friend said, Yo, if you were to imagine what love is, if you were to imagine it to be as a person, what would it be? How would it, how would it interact with the world? 
And, you know, we're, we're sold this thing, Valentine's Day, it's going to be a heart, and it's going to be pink, and it's going to be soft. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. <laughs> Dude, love, love doesn't fuck around. Love sets boundaries, too. Mm-hmm. Love's like, yeah. yo, I love you. You know what tough love is? Tough love. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine being in your position with people that are that have a bunch of emotional issues, mm-hmm. emotional behavior problems. You can't just be that mushy. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, it's all cuddles and flowers. We go by the gumdrop forest. And yeah. it, it's not like that. Sometimes you got to be like, boom, this is love and this is for your own good. Yeah. So being able to actually imagine what love is and know that love isn't all flowers. It's not all cuddles. Sometimes you have to then kill in the name of love as well. It can, it can go fully all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that if you are to kill, then it should be out of love. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a very interesting thing that went down. Um, farms treating their animals with the utmost respect and confidence and loving them. And um, my mom was telling me this. She was saying, there was a lady who said, oh, my God, how can you just kill animals like that? That's mistreating them. How could you How could you kill an animal that you've loved? And he just replies, he says, I couldn't imagine eating an animal that I haven't loved. <laughs> yeah. And so when you take love as like, yo, animal, I love you. I raised you. I'm going to eat you. Mm-hmm. Or some person's, you know, this is getting into some gray area for some people. But, yeah. yo, hey, man. You're actually causing so much destruction on the world. We actually have to execute you now, but I'm going to execute you in love Mm -hmm. and compassion. Uh, I truly think that that is the only way to execute a person. Yeah, yeah. Out of love. Yeah, exactly. And and to execute an animal. You can choose a different word besides Mm -hmm. execute, Um, but, but truly a compassionate killing. Well, I find that in hunting, which is very interesting to me, that you have a thing where, like, the disassociation with the killing of the animal and then you eat the animal mm-hmm. and like i'm not going to criticize anybody for going through that i myself do the same thing i buy you know meat from a store um however in hunting i think it's interesting because you face the actual reality of um, of taking a life mm-hmm. and what's more what's also interesting is we say like jujitsu like these things that create are the framework and the reason the purpose to to do all the things so with when you do like this hunting right it gives you the purpose and the reason not that okay it gives you the purpose and the reason to to love like mm-hmm. how do a deer how does a deer act mm-hmm. like because you got to know all the things of a deer in order to acquire the or in order to kill the deer and then harvest the deer and what you find in this relationship is these people have a an intense understanding of the animal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They there's a sometimes a grieving process. I always I hear it in these hunting forums that are like more private, you know. Um, and it's like, what do you? One common thing in one of the groups that I follow is like, what do you do to grieve when you kill an? Or what do you do when you kill an animal? Yeah. Some people like I say a prayer. I say all these things, and you find that like there's a love there, mm-hmm. and there's like. There's a love for for what the animal is. There's a love for the activity. And then there's like this sad grief that you have of like taking the animal. And what I find in life is, is that it's that. Mm -hmm. That's the dynamic that I have. And that we have this even with, I ain't going to go down this rabbit hole, but we have with this COVID and like, and also the the feeling of the, the risk of death. Right. And it's like, that is possible, and other things have 
Other things have to die so I may live. Yeah. Even yeah. And we and I can also go down this rabbit hole at some point. I know, and I'm yeah. just gonna and I'm just gonna nick this though, and I'm gonna yeah. pull an earmark. And if you, you go with the veganism, vegetarian, you displace you, all the things. You're always dis, you're displacing life to live. Like even if you don't do it with the literal food that you eat, like the, the if you're not eating animals, you're displacing the animals, right? And you're protecting the food and all of these things. Uh-huh. So what I'd say is that there's always this, it seems this transaction of life and death, like life eats life. Yes, it does. It it, does. And I've had to do things to people that I've loved and cared about, even my own child, right? Sounds kind of severe, but like that I don't, I wouldn't want to do, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing it out of love. Absolutely. And it's the same with that. I don't want to kill the animal, but I am doing it out of love, and it's because I have to. And if I didn't kill this animal, I wouldn't even pay any attention to these fucking animals. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? They'd right. be an afterthought. And it's if you look at it and the finances, it's indicative of, like, mountain goats. Who pays for mountain goats? There's people out there for a hunt pay $500,000 and more to hunt one mountain goat. You'd say, oh, that rich guy. But, like... How many people throw that away to donate to the charity for them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, you say, oh, it's gross. And I'm like, say the same for exercise. I'd rather exercise to do pursue a passion than exercise to be aesthetically nice and pleasing. That's mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. But I see the other one as a little more sustainable and true totally. in my human nature. Yes. But um, how did you get started with chakra coffee, though? Oh, chakra coffee. Yeah. Well... It was a homie and me, we were in a basement, and we just started making a bunch of recipes. And well, even before the recipes, we were just bombing ourselves with superfoods and um, adaptogens and coffee and healthy fats. And we just started yelling. Mm-hmm. We were so enthralled by life and all these different effects and raw cacao and ashwagandha we were blending together all these things and we just started yelling we just yeah yeah we were so stoked and um if you could overdose then i'm sure that's what we were doing (laughs) and and now i was like yo dude i really want to pursue this so started so i'm like ah this is something that i because i got an internal geyser of emotion that was like yo you have to do this this is great and so i denied it for about eight months Mm -hmm. and i tried not to do it the funny thing is is um right now like you see me at the cart or you see me on instagram whatever it is we're just making cordyceps now we're making chakra little shot shot which is hyper condensed coffee yeah making cold brew doing everything to the finest that we can yeah and it's great i'm really happy i'm very content and it's very fulfilling Mm mm-hmm but for the first eight months, once this idea poured out, I said, man, fuck this. I'm mm. going to go move to Kuwait. My buddy back in Kuwait was like, Habibi, you must come back to Kuwait. Yeah. I'm like, all right, can I join a wrestling team? He's like, brother, we have every wrestler. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. But yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, shout out to all my homies in Kuwait. <laughs> they're, they're like, yo, come back here just because I'm, I'm so used to traveling around the world and doing that. Mm-hmm. But there was a, a, a damn disciplined, stupid part of myself that was like, you must stay here, Stefan, and you must see this through. Mm. And I'm like, no. And so this is my side to where it's like, I don't want to do that. I just want to do jiu-jitsu. And I want to be a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. I just want to do that. And like coffee, why would you get into coffee? Why would you 
Why would you give this to other people? Why, why would they even give a shit about it? And it was, uh, it was actually a tremendous battle for eight months. And it was actually eating me apart. Mm. I felt I, I'd, I wouldn't go to sleep right. And um, I have a deep philosophy that very much so resonates with me. That is, let something go. Let it go as many ways as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And if it keeps coming back, mm. then you must look into it deeper. Mm. Dude, chakra coffee. I was like, no, I, I was burning it. I was trying to dispose of it every single way. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I yeah. don't want to. I'm not sure what destiny is. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. But I know uncomfortable feelings. And there was actually a deeper, more subdued discomfort that I would feel when I wouldn't pursue this. Mm. Even though... I had never been a barista. I had never been involved with that in my life. But it just kept eating me up. Like, oh, Stefan, hey. Hey, buddy. Uh, remember that? Remember that thing? And I'm like, shut up. No, not now. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody experiences voices like this in their head. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I hope I don't sound too crazy. No, I'm the same way. Every, I, like every full, person does. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Um, and then at, at one point, it just became vile and I'm like okay all right I have to do this so each day I would wake up and there was a joke around the house um that each day I would quit chakra coffee I'm like yeah I'm quitting this is stupid this is so dumb and but I'd always keep pushing forward I had a smile on my face I'm like this is stupid but then I kept doing it and there's something to be said for things that even though you are complaining like, man, this 100 miles is about to suck, and you're on the 50th mile. You're like, dude, this is dumb, and you keep doing yeah. it anyways. Dude, I, I found that that is the best way to complain. Mm-hmm. You're already going to do it. You're going to keep going. Yeah. Complain and keep going with it. Yeah, exactly. So I'd, I'd wake up in it's the morning. Cool. I'd wake my roommates up. I'm like, dude, you got to try this new cup of coffee. And they're ah. like, dude, let me go to sleep. And so I would just keep feeding it to them, keep trying it out, asking all these different people. And at one point, we got to, uh, I went through developing the concept of it. Mm-hmm. We went through four different graphic designers. Oh, wow, yeah. And each one that I was working with, I'm like, no, this doesn't feel right. I'm a very big gut instinct person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very intuitive. Yeah, yeah. And I, I ended up reaching into this point to where I'm like, okay, we had developed this concept and it's the night before we were about to see it through. And, and how I saw it was it was a cup, uh, it was a sun, and it was hugging a cup of coffee. And it was mm. smiling, smiling sun. Cool. And the concept in my mind was it's like drinking a drop of sunshine. Yeah. And it's like a hug. Oh, that's cool. Right. So, so it felt cool. And I'm like, yeah, but it felt cool. Mm. And sometimes cool isn't congruent with who you are as an individual. Yep. And so I said, oh, shit, I am, I had a realization. I'm like, the night before this is happening, it's about to go down. We're about to print it all out and finalize it. I talked to Lindsay. I'm like, yo, Lindsay. I'm like, we have to change everything. She's like, Stefan, I hate you. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's fine. I'll do whatever. I'll pay you for your time. It's fine. We have to change everything. Because what I realized was, yo, I'm now building a company purely off of the fact that I think other people are going to enjoy it. As I love being happy, I also like being sad. I also like being depressed. I like being angry. I like feeling psychotic. You seek it sometimes, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I like feeling comical. I like all of these different things. But what the common theme was, and I'm like, 
if I were to communicate a message to somebody, it is to have less fear in life. Mm -hmm. It is to have that savage spirit. It's the chakra face. It's the... (sighs) Yes, it's the invigoration of life. We are cultivators of life. And I wanted this entire experience to not just be hey, man, like, can I just get my coffee and, like, throw a couple of extra sugars in there? I'm like, no, get the fuck out of here. Oh, I mean, you can have that. That's fine. I love yeah. you. You're great. You're doing great, but just go somewhere else. People naturally show up, and when they – it's an immediate filter. People show up. They try the drinks. They get the vibe, and they either absolutely hate it, mm-hmm. and they're like, man, this is not for me, or they absolutely love it. So it completely separates people out, and I realize – that when you extend yourself authentically and you put yourself out on the line mm-hmm. and you fully put yourself out on the line, people then get to make a very distinct decision to be like, man, Stefan, that guy sucks. Or they're like, Stefan, he's actually kind of a little bit okay. Mm. They, they get to make that distinction yeah, immediately. Exactly. And you don't, and you no longer have to be like, hey, you're going to be my friend or you're not going to be my friend but I want you to be my friend. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's actually okay for you not to be my friend. Not, it's not a personal thing. It's right? not a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to express myself and surround myself with other people. You know, this. if you build it, they will come. Yeah. And so then you guys show up and you're immediately hopping into it and you're like, mm-hmm. ah! yeah. everybody's getting weird, drinking drinks, chugging a bunch of shit, having fun, expressing themselves, yelling, screaming, all sorts of expressions. Yeah. And it is so satisfying when people show up and when we just hand hand you a cup. It's it's literally it's an elixir that's literally about to change your day. Yeah. You're not going to have something that's just going to crash in a couple hours. Your entire day is about to be changed. So, you know, I I tell what the homies that work there too, and I'm like, "Yo, hand it off with two hands." Because you're literally handing off something that is about to completely change a person's day. Yeah. And make that's eye contact cool, with the person, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. they feel uncomfortable with the eye contact, that's fine. Yeah, you don't have to dead just, stare. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to freak them out. Nah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're like, like, oh, God, just go to Starbucks. Yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yo, I'm about to change your day with this. Yeah. And people are like. <laughs> okay, fine. And then they drink it, and then they and then they well, and their shoulders drop, and they're like, "I understand." Hmm. And then they're starting like, ah, ah, and then it's just, dude, it's so That's enjoyable, cool, man. It feels wow. so amazing. It literally feels like a, a therapeutic spot mm-hmm. where people can transform themselves from being like, "Man, life sucks," to "Man, life is it's okay for it to suck sometime," and yeah. they push through it because it's gonna get better on the other side, and you're gonna be all right. Yeah. In fact, that feeling right there is you're supposed to feel that. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to do the 50-mile runs. You're supposed to do all of these things to where you push through it and you get up on the other side and you're like, I'm going to be all right. Yeah, exactly. And it makes man. you a stronger individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you get with pain, right? Where my son's like, Dad, take this pain away. And it's like, ah, sometimes, you know, I, I feel for you. I can empathize. But, like, we experience pain. Pain's mm-hmm. part of life. I have a friend. Yes. You get like your back. If you have this thing with like um, neurological pain in your back, like you have an option to cut your nerves so you can't feel anything. And he's like, but I can't do that for my problem in my back because if I they cut my nerves back there and something pokes me, I'll bleed to death. And it's like, oh totally. yeah, pain is yes. really uncomfortable. 
there's a reason why it's really for uncomfortable. That's the thing that moves you, you yes. know? Like, and the, all these big, hard feelings, right? They, they just shove you forward, or you'd hope that they would anyways. Yeah. But, yeah. Or we also push that pain down. Yeah. And we really push it down, and we bury mm-hmm. it like, down. Look how strong I am. I can push yes. it down and still yes. grow. Yes, yeah. And sometimes that's necessary, mm-hmm. especially in survival situations. That's, and that's what I imagine is, is when you see it in jujitsu, why it is a thing where it's like that strength of character. But like, that is the limitation, though, because you see it then where it's like, oh, I can do this for 10 years. And it's like, oh, you should have addressed your like, right. There's consequences I see there for sustainability and longevity. If you if you live in a constant state of survival mm-hmm. like that, it is not sustainable. Yeah. If you're constantly like, oh, God, I got to go do this thing, mm-hmm. it's not sustainable. But occasionally. Oh, well, yeah, dude. It's oh, like, let your ankle like explode. You, it's like you stick. Well, I mean, it's like you sticking yourself in the in the like burying yourself. Yeah. Like, you don't like those occasional moments, moments you could look back to and like, wow, I learned a lot. A lot. Right. And yes. that's why it's like, it seems like it's like the 20% of your life that accounts for like 80% of your life lessons. Right. Mm, but like 80% nice. of your life, right. Is probably going to be hopefully a lot of like, you know, self care and not survival thinking. Right. And like, Oh, I just take it easy. You know? Yeah. And that's what I think is beautiful. Like people would think like, I look at you, right, with, like, all this stuff that you have going on. And some people would, like, if people would see a disconnect between them, where they are, and where, where like, what you're doing, right, I would say, like, the all you're doing, or not all you're doing, I wouldn't reduce it to that. Something very valuable is looking at the edge of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like, even the most, Tim Ferriss, I, I really like Tim Ferriss, got podcasts, books, four-hour yeah. work week, stuff like that. Like, I'm socially anxious. Sometimes I'll go into an environment and I'm in a line. I feel odd. He'd say, lay on the ground in the middle of the line and not going to get in trouble. People ask, say, I'm doing something weird in a book. And people like, if anyone out there is like, why would you? That's absurd. That's the point. Mm -hmm. The point is to put yourself somewhere where just all that's so unusual, all the thoughts start to flutter. And just just even doing one thing like that or stretching for five minutes in the morning, right? And in your morning stretches is like Mm -hmm. opens it up a little. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really all it like takes. Mm-hmm. The long game is is where you are. All of those steps adding up and continuing to keep going on. Well, Stefan of all and being able to hear other people's stories because I, I I see people sometimes come up to the cart and they're like, oh wow that's so cool, and I'm like, no the where you see me now is cool. Yeah, you see me right now, you think it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's not that cool. <laughs> dude, when you wake up every morning and you're like, dude, I don't want to do this. This sucks. I don't want to make recipes. God. But then once I'm there, I knew that once I opened the doors, then responsibility would naturally carry me along. Yeah. And now I love it. Mm-hmm. I freaking love it. I have mm-hmm. zero desire to go other places and do other things because I'm so, it's just a perpetual cycle. And I knew this would happen. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So now when you see a person, they're like, oh, dude, so oh, you just open up a, a coffee cart. Oh, it's just so easy for you to do that. <laughs> and we see people, oh, you're just a world champion. Oh, you're just the best wrestler in the world. Oh, you're just an Olympian. It's like, no, no. You have, these people have stared at a wall for a long time and just seen despair and discomfort. But it is so nourishing even in the times of discomfort that you know that you're doing something that aligns with you and you're doing something that really changing people for me, being able to express and watch other people express Mm -hmm. 
I feed off of it so much and it freaking nourishes me. So all the times where I'm like, damn, I really don't want to wake up this morning. Or I'm like, well, shoot, I feel terrible right now because I've been working so much or blah, 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 blah. When I see people light up like that and really change, I'm like, oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, it feels so amazing. And then all those other times that it was uncomfortable or all those other times where you were about to commit suicide or something. Mm -hmm. It wasn't actually, but, but all those other times when you're like, you're really low, that's a really good time to be like, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. And keep reminding that to yourself. And then you know that you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. You know that you're doing something. You're like, maybe, oh man, I don't want to do a podcast today. But you're like, dude, once you do, and now, now you're in it and we're communicating, we're having a good time and it's all flowing. All the energy is very vibrant and intimate. You're like, oh yeah. Oh, I'm glad that I drove all the way from Washington. Yeah. You're like You're like, oh yeah, this makes so much sense of why I'm still doing this day in and day out. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's the thing that's, like, beautiful is, like, what makes it worth the struggle? Like, what's worth the struggle for you out there? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's it's hard. Like, whatever it is that you do, it's fucking hard, yeah. man. And, like, what makes it all worthwhile to bear that burden? Mm -hmm. And the thing with, like, Chakra Coffee, like, this that I see is, like, it's I see that extension of you. Mm -hmm. And, like, getting to know you more and just even knowing, like, talking to you when I first met you, it's like, I see you and I see you in that. I see mm. your personality in that. Mm. And like, you're right. Well, if you make coffee, right, the recipes aside, if you just like make coffee and you give coffee, it's that simple thing, right? And then you, you add some things to it. Is, it. is it the contents of the coffee that makes this successful, right? Is it the contents of your jujitsu that makes it successful, your technical repertoire? Mm. Or is it all that other magic that comes from the like consciousness doing mm. and delivering? Well, you know? I, I think that definitely it, it I, as I see it in a business sense too, mm -hmm. um, the product that you also serve yeah. must be very high quality. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. You can actually order a bunch of mass quantity pieces of poop. Yeah. But but in my eyes, if, if I'm going to go and teach a jujitsu seminar, um, I, or a rehabilitation seminar or something like that, my product must be very high quality mm -hmm. or I have, must have something that's very, very, very unique that people hadn't seen before. There's a few different facets and ways we can go about it. But if I don't have a high quality product or then I don't have anything that's engaging mm -hmm. or enjoyable or that sets me aside or sets me apart from other people or what the business does. I have people that come through often. They say, "Yo, this was an experience, mm, and mm -hmm. I was an experience for coffee." Mm. Now, maybe that isn't the best money-making scheme. Mm -hmm. Is each time a person just has an experience? Is that possible to be like, "Wow, I had an experience every time"? Maybe so. Maybe so. But the the satisfaction that I get and that the people that all show up, mm -hmm. the whole community that shows up continuously to have an experience experience yeah where you're you're not just getting pumped in pumped out cool mm -hmm. all right peace bye yo okay all right and i'm we're not just hitting you with just blatant positivity the entire time mm -hmm. like we're gonna throw some sarcastic shit out to you yeah exactly. yeah we're, we're gonna speak to you like you're an old friend because mm -hmm. that's how i would like to be spoken to in customer service yeah if you if you hit people with a phenomenal product 
if you teach somebody phenomenal yoga or something very unique, and then you're also sharing with them an experience, and then you have this phenomenal customer service and you care for people too, Mm -hmm. then people are like, oh, God, okay, I I have no desire to go anywhere else. Mm. Or if they felt uncomfortable and Mm. they're like, I would actually rather go somewhere else because I felt uncomfortable, then at least they will never forget about that. Yeah, that's very true. And you, and you create also like that, that sense of like tension. And you mentioned this same, similar to this kind of earlier when like you're wanting to, you know, create something that in sometimes you can try to create something that is appealing to that's main the main focus because these are always kind of a part of it but you're like i'm going to appeal to others what i think is secondary and Mm. then if you like approach it to the or what i like is secondary but if you approach it in like the the other fashion right you're honest to yourself and like what you want to do and how you want to do it you put it out there you're going to get exactly who you want it who you Mm -hmm. want in that way because they're going to know what you're about yes and then that's the part that's beautiful is because now you're living in reality that's closer to the reality that you desire to be your life yes and i've learned that just trying to like be my own self in that way like if i liked you know poetry right and i thought like oh if i tell everybody about my poetry and until when I first met them, then they're not going to want to be my friend. But what happens is, is that now I have all friends who don't like poetry mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. like, I never told anybody, uh-huh. Hey, uh-huh. you know, I like to do poetry. Uh-huh. They're like, Hey, I like yes. these other things. And it's like, I really don't like those, you know, like I like to play pool, but not that much. Yes. I want to go right. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go to an open mic. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I sent the wrong signals out. Like, yes. You know, so you you met Fabiola. Yeah. Um, when we first met, we were just disgustingly open with each other. Mm-hmm. And we're like, ugh, it's like unbearable sometimes. And then we're both still here together with each other because we're like, wow, I've seen those parts of you. Yeah. And then it's still going to be okay. You immediately get to find out whether a person is like, ah, they're not for me. Mm-hmm. Or they are for you because then you get to express yourself authentically. Yeah. So that is the entire main concept between behind chakra is this invigoration of life and like when you feel comfortable to express yourself to the fullest extent maybe through the drinks maybe through a chakra face it really doesn't matter how you do it once you're there then you get to decide and other people get to decide do i want to associate with this person or not Mm -hmm. but you're being so uniquely yourself that it's fucking beautiful yeah it is man it's it, beautiful. It is very beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's been beautiful getting to know you, Dude, Stephanie. it's so beautiful, Will. Thank is you, brother. Is there anywhere that people could check out more about Chakra Coffee or anything like that? Uh, well, the number one thing is um, get your ass down there. Yeah. Yeah, except for Mondays. Uh, yeah. But for real, we're open Tuesday through Sunday um, from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, Chakra Coffee on the Instagram Um, We're now embarking upon other journeys of consumer packaged goods through Cordyceps and the Chakra Little Shot Shot. Oh, Um, We now have, yes, merchandise with T-shirts and things like this. Um, You'll find that each one of our products that we put out there is for the people that want to thrive more in life. Mm -hmm. We're not putting out anything that is going to be a downer or bring you or bring you some sort of internal poison. It's mm-hmm. all going to be things of, we want to attract cultivators of life and continue to find this circle. And if people are like, man, I'm not so sure about that. And their friends are like, yo, come on, come on, come on, come on. And they get to bring their friends up a little bit more mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily 
cultivating their life like they should and living their best authentic self. So the products are going to align with that. It's mm-hmm. all about congruency. Yeah. And also getting a little hyphy sometimes. Yeah, yeah man. Get well, fucked up on caffeine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like all of the drinks that you have, right, it's like they're, they're all really healthy. And then, and then they taste good. And then on the top of it, like the whole intent and just the feel and what's in it too to make you feel good. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I used to, when I worked in a long-term acute care, dietitian's assistant, people with diabetes dying and stuff, like body eating away because of what they're eating. And it's like, nah, dude, eating, just like exercise, fitness, yeah. whatever, or self-care, um, eating can be fun. Eating yeah. healthy yeah. can be really fun. Yes, yes. And that's where I love your coffees and stuff because, like, it's just a real tight pack. Like, the coffee is, like, the base ritual. Mm. that gets me to the party of taking in all these really healthy like fats and Mm. taking in like turmeric and stuff and like the chocolate mushroom the lion's mane and it's yeah dude it's incredible so i love what you're doing with that because like you put this like playful infectious energy that reminds me like kiddos excitement enthusiasm for like we get some cake we get some Uh and then the reality is is what that thing is is really healthy and good for you Mm. and it tastes good Mm-hmm. And that's like something that I've been trying to teach my son, you know, a variety of things like healthy food, mm-hmm. healthy, healthy habits. They're not like square, lame, boring. They're exciting and make yes. you come alive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dude. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very yeah. much. Stephen. I appreciate nice, this, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. Whoa. It was great to be able to talk with Stefan and learn about how he, the process of opening chakra coffee and figuring out how to make those delicious drinks. Um, I really love the, his, um, his like turmeric ginger coffee with coconut oil and butter. It's probably one of my favorite coffees ever. Um, if you'd like to check out Chakra Coffee, you can go to chakra.com. Um, you can find Stefan on Instagram, you know, at chakra, um, and also at the dot jujitsu dot therapist. And you can find all of those links in the show notes at, um, and also at becoming human podcast.com. Oh, that's. On Instagram for Chakra, it's at uh, Chakra Coffee. Um, thank you, guys, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm going to play you out with this song called Mind Karma by East Forest, Ram Dass, and Trevor Hall. Enjoy. Our karma is our mind. And the mind stands in the way.
give us clouded perceptions. incarnation has in it individuality. Individualism leads to war and anger and insecurity. fear. Thank you.